Food fascism. Food fascism. And it's time to believe women. It's true. Particularly it one woman in one particular woman. that we're thinking of. Welcome to another thrilling edition of the Scottish Liberty Podcast number 105 100. with that man again. The other guy. Anthony Samaroff <laughs> and me, Cynicism on Stilts, Tom Laird. Right. Thank you for joining us. There is so many stories to cover this week in the news. News did not stop happening, which is interesting because often we go through the papers and we're like, there's bugger all happening. That's why I insist on us interviewing Pardon me economists and things like that. Uh, Tam's just making himself comfortable getting his jacket off. Now, Google Livestream has a completely new interface and I don't actually know how to share screens with you at home. Yes, but that's what I'd like to do for those of you who are tuning in on YouTube. Those of you who are in your car are like, just get on with the bloody show, Anthony. Exactly. What's the dealio? So, I'm not even in a car and I'm thinking that. <laughs> we're going to start with some Scottish stuff, then we're going to go international. Oh, you're going international, we are going international. on your ass. The Scottish Liberty podcast is bigger than you think. We've got a lot of new fans. It's not the only thing that's bigger than you think right what, here. Could you spell it out, please? <laughs> like, what are you referring to? I have no idea. It seems to me that you're My applying brain. something. It seems that, oh, you're applying that your brain's yeah, of course. bigger what than it looks. What do you think? I don't know. I, I, that's the thing. I, I really am not very good at reading between the lines. That's <laughs> reading the thing, between so. my legs. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, I, feel, my ears, I feel like so. that was an oblique reference to something as well. Could you explain <laughs> that one for me? When you said reading between my legs, what were you trying to imply? <laughs> well, I was trying to imply, uh, never mind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm no longer... going to get in enough trouble today. I'm going to go... Um, yes, yeah, so we're... We've got to, we're going to cover some Me Too-related stuff. You really want to stick around for that. Yeah. So, uh, I, there's nothing hilarious about women being sexually assaulted. Nothing. But this particular news story, it's freaking hilarious. It's gold. It's comedy gold, right? So, first of all, the government in the... Basically, the, the UK government is destroying liberty by a thousand tiny cuts. Mm -hmm. And I want to give you the lowdown on the crackdown of Scottish junk food. Now, we've covered the SNP, the Scottish National Party, for those of you in the States before. Scottish National Party. We've got, um, we've got an episode for anyone interested in that called What Has the SNP Ever Done to Us? Yep. Where we go through the... Um, poor credentials of the SNP as a libertarian party on any of the on any front. They're terrible on civil liberties. They're terrible on economic liberty. But now what they're doing is they're cracking down on junk food. And I love the title of this article on it: "Views Sought on Scottish Junk Food Crackdown." Now you would think that meant the government was going around asking people. So what do you think? What do you think of us taxing? Junk food. Yeah. What do you think? Taxing um, fizzy drinks. Um, what do you think of us? Yeah, yeah, making it illegal to make junk food free. This, that, and the other. No, the, that's not what they're consulting people from. They're only consulting people from on whether they want more of this. Yeah. We, uh, do you think, we, given that we've done such a great job of putting restrictions on supersized soft drinks and free refills? Oh, you're not allowed to multi-buy. You're not allowed to put a multi-buy offer in the supermarket where if you buy this one bag of 12 crisps, you get another bag of 12 
12 packets yeah. of crisps free. It's becoming easier to buy heroin than it is to actually buy some foods. And we, we do have an obesity epidemic, we're told, but there's... Well, we're told, but yeah. I mean, it's not like I see... Yeah, it's not like you fat fucks in America. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And <laughs> goodbye, we go to about 300 listeners in Europe. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. All I'm saying is, right, <laughs> it's totally untrue that all Americans are fat. That's totally untrue but see when you are fat it's freaking impressive it's like you had to put an effort yeah. to get that whale like like there should be awards and uh, we don't see beast. we don't see that much of that and we don't see that degree of obesity here very often yeah when you when you the americans go large you, you go large yeah everything's <laughs> bigger in texas yeah including the waistline. <laughs> all my exes love in texas <laughs> somebody sang that i don't know what it was well this says two-thirds of adults in scotland are overweight and 29 percent are said to be obese well i was 52 kilograms forever and in the last few months have gone up eight kilograms to 60 Shocking. Well, after they banned fizzy drinks. I know, that just goes and shows how inefficacious <laughs> the SNP's policies on on um, on uh, obesity are. So basically, they are going around saying that... Uh, at turning the joint upside yeah, down. Turning, <laughs> 100, well, 110 tonnes of sugar are purchased. Do we have... Subsidies on sugar here because I know in the I know America, in America subsidies, has on sugar, subsidies on sugar. That sounds it like wouldn't a great, surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if we subsidised sugar and then taxed it. <laughs> well, that does that, that's uh, the kind of Atlas shrugged esque. The thing is with government policies, they just keep on adding stuff, and then they, it's like it's quite interesting because that's just the way that human language works as well. You say something, then you tack something on the end of it, then you tack something on the end of it. So it's very different from writing in a way where you try and plan out an essay to tackle all of your points. When you speak, you start speaking and you kind of arrive where you're going to by tacking things onto it. Government's kind of like that and that it's totally tacky, but and that it keeps on it just keeps on adding stuff. So, you know, we've got uh, food subsidies for milk and dairy farmers, and then we go, oh. People are consuming too much fattening meat. Let's put a tax on the meat. Yeah. Why don't you just remove the subsidy for the the yeah. the dairy farmers? Oh no, we couldn't do that because you know they're a lobbying. They're basically a group that's going to lobby for their subsidy. So for this intervention to be reasonable and proportionate, it's vital the Scottish government are forensic in identifying and justifying the products which they put into the scope of these restrictions. So it's been... So this is not... The, the, not only are they going to uh, restrict um, certain offers that you might get, you know, two-for-one offers or, or, or whatever, they're talking about actually um, interfering in the way a shop owner would play out his store. You know, you can't, right. you won't be able to have these types of foods in your window or near the till or on a low level where kids can get at them. Um, Why don't you put subsidies on apples and oranges and good foods instead? I don't want to give them any ideas, yeah, exactly. but it's like, you know, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, um, what are they? There's so many levels in, in which, I mean, I can see someone who's not got a libertarian perspective saying that's kind of... Um, it's, it makes sense, you know, we've got an obesity problem, so why not tax bad food and put a subsidy on good food to help people make better decisions? Yeah. Um, 
I guess I would always be looking at as you're not really addressing the source of the problem apart from anything else. Like, um, I, I don't know what the solution is, but I don't think more government is the solution. People are just like when they tried to ban um, or or do, or they tried to penalize people for eating sugar in the US, yeah. what happens is they just move to high glucose, yeah. sorry, fructose syrup, yeah. that, um, corn, that corn syrup, corn, yeah, corn, corn sugar, syrup. Yeah, yeah. which arguably was worse for people's mm -hmm. health and uh, created more obesity and stuff yeah. like that. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. So if the government wants to deal with addictive behaviors, well, I don't think they should, don't be, they should be, but you, you need to address the will. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that addictive behaviours in general are self-medication for poor emotional states. If you look at the work of the psychologist Gabor Mate in the realm of the hungry ghosts, he talks about, um, he works with junkies, and I don't think that's the PC term. No, you know, addicts. Addicts. And, 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 and users. Drug users. Users and mm. uh, um, self-medication for a lack mm. of connection. Uh, but you were going to say? No, all I was going to say, yeah, I don't think it's the government's business to get involved in this and, and what people eat. Now, the, I, I guess what most people come at you with on this is, um, oh, Adam Smasher has joined us. And he says, Gabor Mate had a huge impact on my life. Well, if you le leave a little comment explaining why, we'll read it out later. Loif, very good. Yeah, um, <laughs> Loif is rife. So, you, you, Adam Smasher, welcome, but you've made me lose my train of thought, you get. Uh, <laughs> what, was, what, was it, what, was it, what was it talking about? You were talking about how you could come at, you were saying you don't have think the government has a place in trying to make people more healthy, but you could come yeah, at well, yeah, people, people would, Yeah, exactly. So the people would come back at you with, well, you know, it puts a burden on the NHS. Okay. Right. Right. Well, I mean, just the same as smoking puts a burden in the NHS, and you know, skateboarding. Well, yeah, we you know, can. We, yeah, again, we don't no need to end. go through the same points we've gone through in our pot, uh, uh, previous, yeah. which which is to go. Um, well, obviously, the NHS creates incentives which wouldn't exist, and like if you had an insurance system, then people could be penalised for taking unhealthy choices, yeah. and it would be in the interests of the insurance cooperatives or companies, whatever they form they take, to get good information on how to make their clients and penalize their clients according to what really was unhealthy. Because we get so much conflicting advice yeah. on health these days. Um, but I mean, didn't we even have a health minister here in Scotland the one thing who was actually obese? I, I think that, yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. So what do you, so, I mean, people are going do as to we make, say, not as we do. People can make all sorts of arguments like, well, in the modern world, we're just exposed to um, things that we're not psychologically or physiologically meant to. Like, I mean, sugar and fruit used to be rare, so we're biologically wired up to crave uh, sugary foods. And, you know... And they're putting the, lots the of sugar in things that maybe you wouldn't suspect that... Sure, but bread, for example. I've noticed over the last couple of years there's there's a lot when you used to get a ready meal at the supermarket, it used to be really salty. They're not anymore. Right. Uh, I've noticed, and I think that's not because of the government. I think it's because 
people became aware, you know, through advocacy that, oh, you shouldn't be eating so many salt, so much salt. The same as when that study came out that saying E numbers were bad for kids. Yeah. A lot of the chewy sweets, they just stopped putting E numbers in. Yeah. They, they started using natural colorings because the parents, oh, the, the newspaper. So there is a, there is a place for the media to do its job and advocate properly. Yeah. Health watchdogs, etc. But, but I think incentives are important and all the more reason coming back to your NHS point to have people responsible for the consequences of their actions yeah. so that people who take very healthy lifestyle choices aren't forced at gunpoint to pay through the tax system for the healthcare of people who get chronic illnesses because they make poor life decisions. So, yeah, I mean, we could go on and on on yeah. tangents. We've done the NHS before. Yeah. An interesting feature was they announced, right, see, it's, I don't know what it's like in America, but see if you go into an Indian restaurant here or if you go to a takeaway, they sometimes give you some poppadoms, which are like deep fried um kind of bready things and giant chips they're really tasty and a I mean, chinese restaurant prawn crackers uh, and the, the the government wanted to make it illegal to give out these foods complimentary and this was announced two days ago it was it, they, they said it's now going to be illegal to hand out these complimentary entrees on pain of what on, what, what, what are they going to do i mean what's the what's, what's going to be the penalty for handing out three uh, prime crackers 12 lashings <laughs> 12 lashings of what bacon okay so uh, here's a taste of your own medicine if you're going to make people unhealthy well we're going to make you unhealthy that's restore that's uh, an eye for an eye yeah so and um, the, the interesting thing is there was an outcry and within eight hours, they backtracked on it. But this is just what they do. They just throw these things out. And if people, if there's enough of an outcry, they go, oh, sorry, we didn't mean it. Honestly, we're not fascists. But the, the, what it is, is it's part of an overall message we're getting from the Scottish government, which is your children and you can't do without us. Yeah. Um, it's very much a nanny state. And the Scotland... In this Scotland, in, back in the Scotland. Just in case you confuse it with any other Scotland. Um, this Scotland. You can't go in and you can't actually see cigarettes in any newsagent or corner shop. Yeah. They, they've got them behind a paywall. <laughs> they've got them behind these metal <laughs> railings. So you can't, you can't actually see the selection of the cigarettes. Yeah. They brought that law in. Yeah. They can't even tell you what's the cheapest packet. They, yeah, if you go, what's mm -hmm. the cheapest packet? They can't tell you. They have to offer you a cardboard piece of a piece of cardboard menu. yeah which you can read the prices of it's ridiculous um I, I mean even in our first show we covered the the fascism against smokers yeah. it's like um so there's a couple of other things that are a little bit more national it's this in Scotland. Costa Coffee a Costa Coffee advert was banned for criticizing avocado breakfasts. It's like a great deal on ripen at home avocados, but they'll only be ready to eat for about 10 minutes, then they'll go off. Uh, and they suggest you choose the better deal of a roll or egg muffin. And two listeners complained at the ad, and they were banned for... Um, the listeners of the ad. <laughs> the advert was banned for discouraging people from eating avocados and suggesting they have a muffin instead. 
Hmm. Why not just ban advertising? You know, while they're at it, because if you're saying you can't, I mean, what's, what's what's the they said it's broken. The, what was it? The UK code of advertising, um, and as much as what that it was false information. I don't really know what the what the. I think the. I don't. I I, I was assuming that it was based on the continued concern for people's health, like. Yeah. Uh, but I could be mistaken on that. It said, we considered, although the ad was lighthearted, it nevertheless suggested avocados were a poor breakfast choice and that a bacon roll or egg muffin would be a better alternative and in doing so, discouraged the selection of avocados. So basically, it sounds like it's got a regulation that states that com comparisons between foods must not discourage fruit and vegetables. So that's their their law. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to discourage because the people consumption are too and... stupid to make up their own mind. But do you know what? Everyone knows that fruits and vegetables are better for you than most of the crap they eat. Yeah. But they <coughs> but they still eat. The but crap. they still eat the crap, and they don't eat enough fruits and vegetables. So unless you're planning on for or like forcing them uh, to like this, this is just futile. Resistant yeah. as you tell. Bon, so do you want to do any more about food fascism? Well, I wondered if we were going to do the thing about um, the Natasha's yeah, law. Yeah, okay. so we're still on food. Still on food. Um, that's probably making everybody hungry out there. Um, but whatever you do, don't eat anything that's bad for you, or the Scottish government will get you. Um, tragically, a young girl died after eating a Pret a Manger sandwich. Um, <laughs> that's not normal uh, but she 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 died after taking uh, an allergy she had an allergy to sesame seeds and there was one or a few of these sesame seeds in the sandwich that she had and unfortunately tragically she died and understandably the parents are upset the family's upset and now what they're calling for as if we didn't have enough laws you know on food uh, we want a special law called Natasha's Law, uh, which will um, prevent, or sorry, will uh, force uh, sandwich makers like Pretamonji to put clear labeling on their products. Now, I'm not saying that clear labeling of products is not necessarily a good idea, but to force uh, companies to do it is an added cost. Now, I would guess that if you suffer from allergies out there, especially an allergy that could kill you, I mean, I know somebody who, who, who uh, if they have a muscle you know, like, um, do they call them mussels in America? Um, it's like seafood. Um, and if uh, if he is one of those, I mean, he's 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 headed for the hospital and it could kill him. So it's kind of caveat emptor. You know, buyer beware. You have to be incredibly. I mean, this girl was this girl was only fifteen years old, but it's I mean, very sad, 15, but yeah, it's sad. But I don't think what we need is another law. I mean, how would you even if you put labels? On the, the clearly labeled, there's nothing to prevent some of something getting into that sandwich by accident. Yeah. And I think if you suffer from an allergy that could kill you, it's probably a good idea you make your own sandwiches. That's that, that's my view. Is that harsh? I mean, well, how, I mean how much what do you else really can need you to say? Put? I mean, yeah. people are always sorry. It's just there's no you can't basically cover everyone in the world with um bubble wrap yeah and it's like 
How many pre-amonji sandwiches are consumed a day across the nation, across the world? Millions of Must be, yeah. you know, at least tens of thousands yeah. at a minimum, if not hundreds of thousands. So this happens once. Yeah. And which is was enough, obviously. Do you know what I mean? It's girl, like yeah. think about how many people die on the roads each year. Yeah. Okay. It's tragic. I'm so sorry that Natasha died. I, I, my heart go out, go up. My heart goes out to her parents. But you don't hold. This is like a small scale, like the war on terror, right? Okay, nine eleven was a terrible atrocity. But why does that one thing happen then dictate foreign policy for the yeah. next seventeen years, right? No offense to again, I'm, I'm being harsh on the Americans here, but I know that you guys at home hate your countrymen as much as we hate your countrymen. So, <laughs> I don't uh, speak for uh, yourself, I'm just, aren't they? Either way, I think America certainly great. is now. Donald Trump's made it great again, <laughs> yeah. At last, America's great again. Thank you. Um, but no, I mean, it's like. I, I love America as an idea, and I think that American people are some of the most friendly, warm people in, that you in, in the world, generally yeah, speaking. Well I'm, not a, I'm not a I'm not a collectivist though. But what, when I say I hate your you hate your countrymen, what I mean is for being like rabid statists, right? The the um, but it's like the same thing was happening to all like how many people were dying in Iraq through sanctions placed on them. Like one estimate says 500,000 children died because of these sanctions. Some people say that's way more than is realistic. Some people say it's a conservative estimate. So it's like one, one incident um, defines everything because it makes headlines. It's like Sam Harris talks about this example, right? We could give you a story about one little girl that was suffering in Sudan or let's say Yemen, let's because Yemen is happening, yeah. and that would gain more donations on average than showing or t telling you about a bunch of people or showing you video footage mm. of a bunch of different people. Even though rationally you go, wow, there's loads of suffering there, so that's more of a call to arms. That means we need to put more resources in. The personal <laughs> story really reaches people. And it's this one girl dies and people lose all sense of pr proportion. Yeah. And so it's like... So Michael Gove is the name of the politician, British politician. He's a conservative he's a politician. conservative politician. And uh, he, has, he has said he's considering introducing this law so that no one else should suffer such a needless and pointless death. Um, I don't know that the law is going to prevent needless and pointless no. deaths, I'm afraid. And I don't think we need another law. I'm sure that this incident uh, will make Pret-a-Mange, you know, uh, think twice and go back to the drawing board and make sure that this kind of thing doesn't happen again. They can't really afford um, to have this kind of um, tragic accident going on. Um, it's, it's bad for their business. Uh, so sorry, sad. that sounds cold, but it's, 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 it it's, it's so ultimately bad for their business. So Capitalism is essentially benign, I mean, despite its press yeah you know it, the the interests you, you, of you don't you the interests don't, of suppliers are aligned with the interests of customers absolutely you you don't make profit by killing your customers 
Um, it's just it's just not good. So I really don't think there's any need for another law, uh, especially to do with, with labelling. I mean, what does this also do for um, smaller businesses? You know, who can't afford the, yeah. the resources. So you're basically making it easier for. Yeah. By, by the way, this would only affect prepackaged sandwiches. So if somebody right. makes you a fresh sandwich. Um, I know. think that's that was the the problem basically. Yeah. If you go into the supermarket and buy a sandwich, the ingredients are on it, yeah. but because Pret were making them on the premises, or for some reason yeah. there was a loophole where they didn't have to have the ingredients. But the thing is, if you've got an agree uh, an allergy that's yeah. going to kill you, I mean, you really should ask. You know, does this have sesame seeds in it? It's just common sense. Now, there's eight of you watching live, but we've only heard from Adam Smasher. So if you are out there, Come feel out the closet, free to, to drop in a comment. We'd love to hear from you. So why are you laughing? <laughs> Adam like, Smasher says, Oi, mate, have you got a license for that batter? Yeah. Um, so, so next. Uh, next up. Next story. Oh, next story. This is just a short one, right? Basically, Plymouth Unit. I'm just. I just want to demonstrate how liberty is an attack all over the UK at the moment, like in the the most subtlest of ways. Basically, a conservative student society got suspended over T-shirts they they were wearing. They obviously went in, out on a drink on a drinking rampage. Sort of like a, a, a sort of fresher week, sort of jape or some sort of thing like that. Yeah, like a Freshers' Week thing, and one of them had "fuck the NHS" written on their T-shirt. Um, it's interesting because if you look at the picture that I'm looking at, unfortunately, I don't see the share screens function on the new. Um, so rectify that for next time. If it's actually possible. Yeah. Um, but you can find this story at BBC if you can, you know, if you can get onto that. Uh, um, Plymouth University yeah. Tory group suspended over T-shirts. The same one that's got "fuck the NHS" on written on this T-shirt also has "I love" and then the hammer and sickle. But no one <laughs> took the time to co uh, to comment that that's shocking indictment because. Millions of people, hundreds of millions of people have died at the hands of, of the hammer and sickle. You know, no one was outraged against that. There's yeah. a pretty good looking Tory broad there. I was going to say, well. a fit looking bird. You don't often see a fit looking Tory bird. And but, she's um, the only girl in the picture, so far as I can see. I bet they were all after her that night. <laughs> they all failed miserably. Well, they are all literally after her, that, that guy with the glasses on there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm guessing that she'll probably hook up with some commie. So. <laughs> <laughs> One of them also criticised for for drawing a, for having a Hitler moustache drawn on them. So they were basically getting drunk and having a jolly, and they wrote. Some some people said that they had anti-Semitic messages emerged, but I don't know if that's true. Like what some in the picture appear to have a star of David drawn on their necks. Well, what appears to have a Hitler style moustache. One person in the photo had an abusive anti-NHS message. When did the NHS become God? But when, how is when it the, abusive? I mean, I swear to God, if it was a bunch of lefties, they'd have fuck capitalism written yeah. on their T-shirts. And no one would an eyelid. But saying fuck the NHS. Well, do you know what? Million Every year, people die on NHS waiting lists. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's good reasons to be critical of it. How many people? Four things. <laughs> I don't know, but... <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't quite millions. Million. Yeah. 
<laughs> Slight exaggeration, of it, the bit of research there on that one. Yeah, I will well, have a, I will have a figure <laughs> when I, I'm going to put out a, a mini ebook on healthcare. Excellent. Next, um, so so have I have got, a, have you got a book out at the moment. Oh yeah, I should mention that because we didn't really plug it on the show. Well, I plugged it last time, but if you've not already, you can go to beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash UBI and download my free ebook, Universal Basic Income For and Against. It's really short. You'll, you'll read it in under two hours or, or about that. I've read and it. It's pretty darn good. I think it's a good book. And, it's, and the great thing is if you get the free version, you can email it to your lefty friends. I think it's a really great introduction to libertarianism mm. that speaks the However, language. However, if you have any lefty friends, we don't like you anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, please download that. Also, a few people have bought it on Amazon Kindle, despite the fact that it's out wow. for free. So if you're one of those people who actually parted with money for my book, despite the fact that I encouraged you to download the free version, thank you very much. Uh, it's deeply appreciated. Um, and if you're one of the people who's not, well... You know, it's still up there on Amazon Kindle. Sorry. So I don't know, the, the, most, the second in part of that story for me is the fact that some yeah, conservative uh, MP oh, for Plymouth Moor, a guy called Johnny Mercer, He's condemned the photo and said that the party should, quote, eject and bar for life, unquote, those responsible. You know, he, and here's, here's his tweet, okay? Johnny Mercer, MP, whoever he is, uh, says... Totally unrepresentative and separate to the Conservative Association, I have built in Plymouth Moor. Idiots with no place in the Conservative Party, no need to suspend pending investigation, eject and bar for life. These are kids, okay? Right. Stop hating on kids, right, who are just having a good time. You know? yeah, the kids well, are all right. The kids are all right. <laughs> the kids are all right. He should have come out and said, come on now, guys, these Students are just having a jolly, and you should say what we said. I'm sure that if they were left-wing students, they'd have fuck capitalism written on their T-shirts, yeah. um, even though it's like only thanks to the wealth that's generated or by F, capitalism. Or F the Tories. Yeah, yeah. People always have F the Tories everywhere. And we're going from that cuck to another cuck soon. <laughs> soon. But first, I just want to... Could even be our cuck of the year. Cut, yeah. But before we do that, I'm just weighing your appetite. <clears throat> another another university has agreed to ban clapping to avoid triggering anxiety. The University of Manchester, this is what we have to put up with in the UK. Do you see the shit that do we have see, to put I up know. with? I am just waiting for the online universities to get better than the real-life universities so that... Yeah. You know, university must die, unfortunately. I just, liked university. Just quickly talking about university. Did you go to university? I didn't go to I university. I went to the University no. of Life, the School of Hard Knocks, the, of hard the kindergarten. I'm getting the shit kicked out of me. So, uh, yeah, I didn't go to uni. I was too busy actually learning something said, important. I just um, said that to shame Tim because he's clearly... <laughs> He's clearly far more intelligent than that, and most people would have assumed that given his, his brains he'd have a degree, but you don't have a degree, do you? I don't have do you, do you know, the third degree. Do, do you know who does have a degree? You? Oh, yeah, I, I graduated. Do you know what else did a postgrad in counselling skills? Fantastic. But talking of university, our very own Anthony here will be giving a lecture at Stirling oh, University, yeah, no less. So if you're in the area of Stirling University on the 17th of October, at seven o'clock in the evening, he will be giving a, 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 a talk on liberty 
under threat. Liberty under threat. So this is the kind of shit. And I, I, I might, I, I can't go, unfortunately. Otherwise, I'd go along and do jazz hands while, uh, while right. he was talking. So these but, are the, yeah. I just, I'm collecting these ridiculous stories to show <laughs> how under threat Liberty is. There's, there's two things. I've noticed that uh, a lot of um, SJWs and feminists do it at their, their gigs. You know, when somebody makes a salient point or whatever, they don't clap anymore. They either do jazz hands or they do this thing, it's like, like Sammy the Crab. Are you yeah. saying, are you saying the lobsters? Yeah. Are you, saying, are you saying that feminists are all lobsters, social it's, justice warriors? Yeah, that's Should exactly. we base our society on the lobsters? I think we should base our society. If you're going to be society on any crustacean, um, I think probably a lobster's a good place to start. Um, any comments? We have. Someone's commenting on the title of, their sh of our show, which is It's Time to Believe in Women. Uh, I was told by my uncle, listen, Alan, men are silly cunts, pal. We tend to fuck up. But see, women, they are fucked up. Lol, the daily pressures in a woman's head drives them nuts. Controversial. That's Alan McVicker. Yeah. Uh, Views expressed he, by commenters are not necessarily representative of those of the Scottish Liberty podcast. I think that's a He goes on to say, hair, nails, eyes, brows, structure, worries, man tend to be that laid back, we fuck up. In other words, men might fuck up, but women are fucked up. Well, that's basically what he's saying. Um, do, you, do you want to mention Atty Chris's comment? Atty Chris, hey guys, yeah, hi Atty Chris, welcome to the show. I think it's the first time we've had Atty Chris uh, making a, a comment. I'm saying, hi, it's good hi. to see you. Um, I wonder if Atty Chris has got any views on jazz hands. Are you doing jazz hands at the minute, Atty Chris? <laughs> or are you reading a jazz mag, Even for example? Oxford, he says... <laughs> He says, what? Even Oxford is starting to become a joke. Be starting to become a joke? Some of the best intellectuals in the world are agreeing with ridiculous ideas. Well, they can't be that great. Um, jazz hands always for you guys. As long as it's not jazz hands, we're yeah. absolutely fine. <laughs> um, uh, the only one I heard was this, like a spoken word event. Sometimes they click instead of slap and clapping yeah. so that you don't drown out the speaker. If you think something is really tasty, if they make a good rhyme or okay. they make a good point, you, you click, clip, click. Anyway, I just... So I don't, I don't, get, I don't get... What, I, what the, is it about clapping that, that triggers people or, or, or makes them uh, upset or anxious? I, I... Do you know what? I'm at a loss. Does the, <laughs> does the article... we? It was argued that the loud noise of traditional clapping and whooping pose an issue to students with anxiety or sensory issues. Do you know what? Then what are they doing in university? You know, shouldn't they get their issues sorted first, yeah. then go to university? Why do they have to hold everyone hostage? Yeah. What, um, what if they're just anxious they're so about selfish. other people? You know, you're going to have to have a special lecture just for just them. Just for them, exactly. Um, stop holding us all to ransom. But the, the other thing I would just add on this, if I can remember the point I was about to make, is just coming back to you, some of you might have heard of Jonathan Haidt, his great book. Um, what's his great book called? Uh, it's called The Righteous Mind. That's an excellent book. Um, he was talking about how him and a colleague started working on this issue and they were basically saying in psychology, uh, when they were going to people who dealt with people who have things like post-traumatic stress disorder, the way to deal 
you know, how do they deal with it? They deal with it by systematic desensitization. So if you've got arachnophobia, you're afraid of spiders. Uh, also, a horror movie that was uh, popular when I was growing up. I thought it was um, a fear of Iraqis. <laughs> That was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. So what what they do? Well, they they'll they'll get you to draw a picture of a spider, and then you you get that might make you anxious, and then you calm down, and then they build you up to bringing a spider into the room, and then when you freak out, they take it out and they give you time to calm down. Now, by subjecting yourself to the stimulus that triggers you, you can desensitize yourself to that stimulus. And they're saying, well, look, if you're organizing. The, the university itself against the principle, on the principle of not exposing people to anything, including these days ideas yeah. that they might that they might yeah. find triggering, yeah. for fuck's sake. You must have diversity, you're making, but not, not diversity of you're ideas. Making you're making people less resilient instead of more. But that's not really the point, is it? I mean, people should have the liberty to clap if they want. And uh, I guess... I guess if it's your premises, you've got the right to tell them not to. Yeah. Why well, don't you could just go and wear a big pair of Everywhere bows. I go... <laughs> your defenders or something, I really don't I, know. But. Everywhere I go, I see public funds spreading uh, cultural Marxism. I just had a visitor the other day, so I took him to a couple of art galleries. And in one, I had to leave because I was triggered. I was genuinely triggered by... Uh, display that used the word social justice in it. And I'm like, this gallery is publicly funded. Why are they advocating for a particular left-wing view of the world? It's um, and also, then we went to another art gallery and they had this thing on the wall which was saying, do you believe in this, this, this innocuous statement, this other innocuous statement? Well, congratulations, then you're a feminist. Well, actually, no, I wouldn't describe myself as a feminist because you're not fooling anyone. We know that feminism is not about equality between men and women. How, how, about, how about we could do a thing where you go, you could make a statement and say, do you believe in full employment? Right. Do you believe in banning blood sports? Congratulations, you're a Nazi. Right. You know, <laughs> it's a, I think people would realise there's a bit more to national socialism than just banning blood sports and uh, creating full employment. Um, and it's the same with, with yeah, feminism. Yeah, so it, there's a lot more to it than supposedly uh, just uh, creating equality. And, and even if it was, I think equality is a stupid idea. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, any kind it's of impossible. Equality. It's it's impossible. It's unachievable. Apart from anything else, because no one's equal to anyone else. Um, uh, some well, people are more equal than others. So. I guess it's not achievable, and even to try and achieve it takes a, a tyranny. You know, but, you really need tyranny in order to even try and achieve uh, equality. It's it's a nonsense. And you're going to basically make the tall people shorter, right? You're not mm. going to make the tall people taller, the short yeah. people taller, uh, metaphorically speaking. And it's interesting because when you, like, cultural Marxism, <laughs> culture... Sorry, Anna Chris says, do you believe in forgiveness? Congratulations, you're a Christian. Nice one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Quite. Yeah, by, by that me metric, you're not much of a Christian. <laughs> no, I'm you, pretty unforgiving. You're a vegetable, you're, you're a vegetable, <laughs> vegetable. You're a vegetable person. <laughs> You're a, a vegetable person. You're a vegetable person. But like, it's quite interesting because cultural Marxism 
isn't actually Marxism. Like they're just two different bludgeons that the left used to swing at us. The tenets of cultural Marxism, basically like Marxism believes that revolution is inevitable and that, you know, as part of the movement of history and as kind of like an extension of the enlightenment. Yeah. Whereas cu cultural Marxism is like, the enlightenment was bollocks. The world sucks, you know. This optimism is nonsense. This op they hate they they hate the the Frankfurt School didn't like the op the the modernists thinking. Are you coming around to my way of thinking in the Frankfurt School? Because you you were you were in the past. You've been quite um, oh, well, sort of uh, what's the word for it? Conciliatory. No, I'm still no. I basically think that they were wrong on almost everything important yeah. but i don't think tell the people out there who the frankfurt school were oh sorry for anyone that doesn't know so in germany and then in america you had an organization called the frankfurt school who they were basically academics yeah, who, were who academics. skedaddled from germany when the nazis came to power they, because they were jews mainly the reason why and left -wingers. the reason why the work that the people that the, the ideas that came I don't. I think these ideas would be popular now, even if it wasn't for the Frankfurt School. But their writings became the basis of what's called cultural Marxism. Yeah. <clears throat> now. Theodore Adorno. They, yeah. Um, Marcuse, Herbert Marcuse. Herbert Marcuse. Uh, Sololinsky in that. I so don't, I don't think so. Uh, he was a precursor. Walter Benjamin. They had a psychologist called Eric Fromm. Yeah. Who went on to write some half decent self help books, but I think yeah, help yourself to other people's money. That was one of them. <laughs> well, I think he did think he, you know, he had the view that um, capitalism as a system was sociologically damaging and pre uh, and created dysfunction. Of course, they never really define capitalism. Capitalism is just whatever we have yeah. now. But is it, isn't it strange though that when you know, when they skedaddled out of Germany, they didn't go to the Soviet Union. They went to yeah. the home of capitalism. They, were, they went to America, and then when they got there, instead of going, "This is well, great," we're not getting gassed. Instead yeah. of saying that, they, they thought, "Oh, look at all this disgusting capitalism." I know. But <laughs> one of the, the one of the things is um, the, the one of them still alive. You're going to have Habermas. I don't know what age he is. He's he's in his eighties or nineties. Habermas is still alive. Yeah, okay. and he's for this like not to be confused so, with Quatermass. <laughs> the science fiction scientist. I should answer your question. I basically think, yeah, that the first of all, they were influenced by Marx and they were influenced heavily by Freud. They believed all this stuff about, you know, sexual repression. But but they're not it's arguable that cultural Marxism is actually in many ways goes against the tenets of Marxism. So it's not actually Marxist at all. And that it basically disagrees with um, with several points of Marxism, but they're just two bludgeons. And you know what it's like with the left when you beat them on any argument, they just find a new argument. So, like the old left believed that socialism would be more productive, so mm -hmm. communism would be more productive than capitalism because you'd get rid of the parasitic landlords and the capitalists and the landowners, and then. Obviously, the society will be much more productive. When that proved wrong, then they just became about, oh, no, being too productive is bad. It makes people consumerist. It makes life soul-destroying. It, it's bad for the environment. 
So the 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 Frankfurt School, basically, my analysis of them was they're wrong, but <laughs> I but I th I don't think that they were malicious. I think mm. basically what you had is a bunch of people looking around society and being like, I I think society is very alienating and soul destroying, and they blamed that they blamed that on capitalism, that that they they thought that the 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 that when you went out to work in a factory say all day that would affect your mindset and you'd become this kind of automaton and when you went home you weren't willing to think critically and it, it was anti it was in a way anti-individualist in an ironic way because they are collectivists but they considered themselves to be concerned with authenticity and and everything and art and 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 they thought that that capitalism, like Marx, they thought that capitalism created alienated labour. And mm. um, you can we can we can talk about yeah. it more. It, it strikes me that they were eternally pissed off at the working classes. Um, That's a good point as well. Know, um, a difference for, for, between yeah. Marxism and cultural Marxism, yeah, which yeah. is Marxism predicted that revolution would come from the working class. Yeah. Whereas cultural Marxism says, no, it's got to come from the middle class, the educated yeah. people who are woke enough yeah. to see what's going on. They were, they were really, and you know, they were really, and you, you, you'll see this actually, this attitude in a lot of modern leftists in academia. They have an almost contempt for the masses, uh, for, for the working classes, because they, you know, uh, they were too stupid to embrace this great idea called, uh, this great utopia called Marxism or communism. Um, they roundly rejected it in, in most of the Western countries, uh, and the, these guys, the, certainly the, the, the Frankfurt School, were just really pissed off at working class people. Right. Um, so yeah, but uh, we digress. We do digress, but it was a good digression. The thing and is, Stephen McNamara joined us. Uh, hi, Stevie, and he just says, "As for legislation, it's completely pointless. As every label will be exempt by just stating about the risk of cross contamination in its products." Hmm. Okay. Yep. Pointless. Clapping mimics the sound of gunshots, according to Adam Smasher. I, I didn't mind going on the tangent because I know we've got kind of two small stories left, but I saw that we were only on about 35 minutes and I know we can get away with doing our shows because you guys love us. Love. So we're feeling the love. Here's here's the here's the best news of the week. Genuinely oh, the best has been the news. best news. I've heard for a while. For ages, so. right? US women's right campaigner accused of sexual harassment. When does that ever happen? When do people who loudly virtue signal ever end up being accused of being creepoids? More of the left seeing its own. Yeah, so eminent. This is not our view. This is a, this according to the Guardian. Uh, eminent sociologist Michael Kimmel steps down from board of gender equality campaign group no. over an allegation. I no. think this woman should be believed. I, mean, I know she must be yeah. believed. Now I have to say we've we've mentioned Kimmel on the show before. <laughs> he has a piece of work. Yeah. Um. He was consulted. I can't remember what it was on. Um, but it was something to do with making courses in gender studies and men's studies. And of course, he is selling men's studies through the prism of patriarchy and 
basically at any opportunity possible, he sells out men. He lamp and boys. He lampooned Warren Farrell for his sterling work, The Myth of Male Power. Yeah. Warren Farrell, who started 300 women's groups as well as 300 men's groups, and listened to both men and women and articulated their um, grievances. Yeah. Uh, the Liberated Man was his kind of call for women, sorry, for men to become feminists in the 70s. Um, which was based on listening to women in 300 women's groups and articulating their concern. He then did the same thing with men. He started 300 men's groups, he listened to what their problems were, and he condensed his findings into a book called Why Men Are the Way They Are, based on real, genuine research, right? This guy is scum. If you watch the Red Pill documentary with Cassie J. He basically just invalidates all uh, any concern that any men might have. Um, he demeans men by just basically, not in such words, but by basically calling them crybabies who are trying to um, mm. just turn, who are reactionary and trying to take turn back the tides on um, the rights that women's have, that women yeah. have gained. The, you know. As though the, their only concern could be wanting women back in the kitchen or something yeah. like that. Unfortunately, as though he was due to receive a prestigious Jesse Bernard Award, who knew there was such a thing, uh, from the American Sociological Do Association. Do you want to give people a quick... In um, recognition of his contribution to women's equality studies. Ladies, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Never, ever turn your back on a male feminist. <laughs> they are... Creepoids, mainly, <laughs> you know, that's that's why they get into it, you know, to try and they're they're wolves in sheep's clothing. A lot of these guys, you know. Do you want to mention who Jesse Bernard is? I think you should. I'm not no clue who Jesse Bernard is. She was a feminist scholar. Or if you're American, Jesse Bernard. I don't really actually know, to be honest, because I'm not that up on my feminist history. But um, she was a sociologist and noted feminist scholar. She was a pre persistent forerunner of feminism. She looks like Harpo Marx. <laughs> she was she was alive from 1903 to 96, so she was fucking there, man, when she it all there. happened. So she must have been a forerunner. Anyway, the thing is, it's like, see all those vir virtue-signaling lefties in Hollywood that were, yeah, basically con continuously talking about social justice issues, and all of them knew that Harvey Weinstein was a creepoid, but none of them came forward until, oh yeah, I knew about that after the fact. Yeah. There is, um, there's something about this virtue signaling thing. Like you guys know that we're all right because we're blatantly complete cunts, you know? We make no, we don't pretend that we're squeaky clean. Yeah. You know, we're, 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 we say controversial things, we make fun of each other, we make fun of you, like, and you still put up with us. You must love it. You've got, like, battered wife syndrome. <laughs> week after week, you just keep on returning to listen to the Scottish Liberty podcast. You I thought the idea was to get more <laughs> listeners. What is wrong with you retards at home? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I'm enjoying myself. So basically, I just find the squeaky cleanness. And I think being a social justice warrior, being a vocal virtue signaler is part of this having to always appear squeaky clean. 
and have people like you. And that's why these Hollywood who's who's wouldn't want to rock the boat about and by mentioning that Harvey Weinstein's a creepoid because, oh, you know, what if I get in trouble? Oh, no. I, I, what if I get in trouble? Like people need to like me, and I, and and I I really think that is correlated with being weird, basically, uh, so uh, behind closed doors. Yeah. So, but I don't know because you know what the left are like—they eat their own. Yeah. And 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 it could be that it's over nothing. Now I, you should whatever. You know, all kinds of things. Innocent until proven guilty, though. Yeah. And, um, well, we would say that, but Kimmel's a kind of very kind of guy who, who, would, would, say, who, would, who would say, oh, oh no, you we, must believe yeah, women. Yeah. You must believe women. And he stepped down. Yeah. Did he admit guilt? Yeah. The former student who asked to remain anonymous said Kimmel had suggested that they have sex six weeks into a graduate course. And later in her career. Now, I just add that Kimmel's married, okay? So, was he married at the time, though? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I probably believe so, given okay. that he's 67. Okay. So, um, I think he probably was married. But, you know, so, you can suggest. You, you can, yeah, breach your contract. You can suggest someone has sex with you without necessarily being harassing them. Now, she added that he had a compliment, he had complimented her appearance. Uh, and remarked that she would... He complimented her appearance. What a bastard. What a bastard. What a bastard. But he would have done that if yeah. she was a man, so yeah. that's so sexist. Yeah. That he remarked that she would have to work hard to prove that she reached her position as a result of her academic talents, not because she was sleeping with someone. Okay, well, he might have said that in what context. It could have been inappropriate. It might have been... He might have just said, you know, as a feminist... I'm concerned that this might be the case. Following the report, another former graduate student published a detailed account of their time working with Kimmel on the website Medium. Bethany Costin, now assistant professor of gender, sexuality, and women's studies at Virginia yeah, Commonwealth a, University, course for you. I know, accused Kimmel of sexist behaviour. Oh, oh yes, he's definitely. Uh, he's definitely guilty of sexist behaviour against men, in my opinion. Reverse but, sexism yeah. doesn't exist because sexism is power plus blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Such as giving paid work to male students while women were expected to work for free. Do you know what? I went into a PC world recently to talk to them about buying a new laptop because this one's getting pretty slow. And the first assistant came to me and she was female and ethnic and I thought that I can't couldn't help but think that you'd like she to might not the desk, but, one. <laughs> well she was all right but but I was thinking sorry now I'm instantly scared that she's not going to be able to advise me on what computer what laptop to buy because she's a woman and then I thought I don't want to seem sexist so I'm going to ask her a question and I have to say she wasn't very useful but, but it's not because she's a woman, no. but, but it's just... Generally really, speaking, I find the, 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 the guys who work in PC world not very helpful. Yeah. You, you know that thing they yeah, do where you go, can you tell me about this product here? And they go over and they start reading the shit that's yeah, on the, the, yeah, the, the yeah, label. Yeah, and you go, dude, well. I can actually read. You know, I was, but I, I thought it was a place where they trained their staff, but clearly it's wrong. 
There was a great electronic shop called Matlands where the service, customer service was always excellent. But yeah, it, I remember Matlands. That's but gone. It, but it's gone. Yeah. Anyway, we could, tangent rages. The PC world. We're, all, we're living in a PC world. So this cuck, Kimmel, he's a bad person. He's worked as a consultant for charities. Even if he didn't, even if he didn't do it. She, she, all right, so Coston also accused him of homophobic and transphobic attitudes and a lack of respect for anyone but cisgender. Well, I can I can tell you that Michael Kimmel has absolutely no respect for cisgender heterosexual men, men whatsoever. No, he's sold out men and boys, and he's a bad person. And whether he did it or not, this is what happens when you put yourself up as a paragon of virtue and say stuff like, when I look in the mirror... I only see a man, but a woman sees themselves as a woman, uh, and a black woman sees herself as a black woman, and I'm such a good person. Fuck you, Kimmel. You are a cock of the year. Cock-a-doodle-dude. You're the cuckle-doodle-dude of all time. Fuck you. And do you know what? If you did sexually harass someone, you should be going to prison. So, fuck yeah. Fuck you and the heart you rode in on. <laughs> well, while we're in, uh, did you just assume that he rode in on a horse? <laughs> it could have been a donkey or an ass. Well, he has no end of an ass. <laughs> well, he'll enjoy himself in prison anyway. <laughs> there are a few gender issues going on in there as well. That's true. Um, um, right, one more story. Okay, in fact, it's just worth mentioning finally that uh, he has been con- hasn't been convicted of anything yet. These but he did step down. He did yeah. step down, which you know, yeah, if which he means he's obviously it, guilty as a weasel. Well, you have to believe women, though. You <laughs> have to totally. believe women, especially these two. So women. it's funny how I allowed us to go on all these tangents because I thought we've got tons of time, and now we're coming up to an hour with one of our main stories. Okay. Oh well, California has become the first state to require women in the board. Require. Require. It's publicly traded companies that PLCs need to. And I guess they don't mean making the tea. (laughs) They need to be included on the board of directors. Sorry, Um, vacuuming, as they say in the UK. One of several laws boosting or protecting women that Governor Jerry Brown, you're the, the, the shame we can't Unfortunately, ex- unfortunately I've just done the couple of little Okay, you could be runner up. Right. Governor Jerry Brown. Okay. Fuck you, Jerry, Jerry Brown. Brown. Jerry Brown, you're a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Brown, you are a clown. Blaze me down. <laughs> right, okay. So tell us what you think of it first. Uh, this idea that, well, I think, look, uh, haven't they already, uh, didn't they pioneer this thing in, uh, <laughs> of all places? Would you believe Sweden? came as the, as the hashtag MeToo movement against sexual misconduct led to a reckoning nationwide yeah. that has ousted men from power. I think we had a guy called Nima Sanandaji on the show, uh, if you haven't listened to that episode. One of our best. And first, one of our best episodes. Uh, and he wrote enjoyed. a book called Debunking Utopia. Uh, about uh, Sweden, and I'm sure he has a chapter in his book that deals with this, the fact that Sweden made a law requiring uh, all boards um, to have 50% uh, women. Um, and however, these, these all, all women short, uh, so all women shortlists in politics um, mentioned by Anne Wedekum, which means that even if there's much more men applying for a position, then only women are considered. Yeah. Go on. 
no matter what you, you mean, you could be from that constituency, you could know that constituency, your kids go to school there, you've got a lot of experience, you're good at working with people, you know your constituents, doesn't matter, you don't have a badge. So you can, uh, and that's so patronizing to women because they can, absolutely. they can, uh, they can't achieve on their own merits, right? Yeah, I mean, I would hate. I mean, I don't know about um, anybody else, but I mean, I would hate to think I was in any job or any position because simply because you know we need more, we need more bald people in this job, you know. So uh, I would hate to think that I got the job over somebody else simply because of some box ticking exercise. Um, well, I mean, the box was I didn't have anyone better to do a podcast with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were the least, you were the best of a bad bunch, basically. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so, <clears throat> sounds perfectly feasible to me. Yeah, 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 far too plausible. Adam Smasher, the SLP definitely doesn't need more bald people. Fuck mm -hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not bald, I've just got a strange challenged. Strange shaped skull. Yeah. Here's, so, Adam Smash, here's, here's for girls. Here's okay. today, gone tomorrow, and all cliches apply. Here's my concern about it. I don't... Don't fuck with the baldies. <laughs> There's two of us and one of you, Adam yeah. Smasher. We'll see who's, who's, who's being smashed. Yeah. Your right. bald statement. <laughs> Ow, my legs got bad pins in I mean, we do, we do live in a baldest society. I'm fond of pointing out that the last... Prime Minister who was bald was um, Clement Attlee. We haven't had a bald Prime Minister since him. And anybody who has been bald and attempted to become Prime Minister has failed. So, we've had more female Prime Ministers than we've had bald Prime Ministers in the last 50 years. So, so uh, there's definitely baldism going on and uh, it's got, I'm going to stamp it out. It's going to be my mission as leader of the SLP. Also, we should get a public <laughs> subsidy. <laughs> yeah, baldies should get subsidised. Uh, so, not for combs, obviously. Don't need those. Uh, there's the obvious shampoo. points. There's the obvious points about you're basically going to get less competent people on the board because they're not being picked based on. Com it's in the interests of of employers not to discriminate against women because if she's the best person for the job, that's going to help their profits at the end of the day. Cap, as I say, capitalism is benign, um, is benevolent. In these respects, it's like it doesn't serve you not to take a talented person on just because they're a woman. Because not only uh, are you not taking on that person and benefiting from you're actually giving them away to a competitor. Exactly. They can go to a competitor. And it's really funny because there's a quote in the article which says, someone said, this will be good for profit. This will be good for business because women are more cooperative than men and they think differently and more creatively. Okay, well, businesses like to profit. I, so if it's I thought true, gender differences were merely a social construct. Well, that's not what... Isn't that the usual pattern? Um, so this, this woman said... Jackson said... No, this is the, the guy. Jackson... No, no. Senator Hannabeth Jackson said... This is the one, one of the last bastions of total male domination. We know that public and biz, the public and businesses are not being well served by this level of discrimination. It's not fucking discrimination. Most women, when and Warren Farrell demonstrated this, when they are when they arrive at a salary of five hundred thousand dollars, are very, very, very unlikely to take a better paying job if it entails more hours. 
women in general have a better sense of work-life balance than men do and they are not willing to sacrifice friendships time with the family and things like that to the degree men yeah. are yeah. now maybe for all i know maybe a percentage of that is cultural okay mm -hmm. but you don't change the culture by making a law yeah. you change the culture by influencing the culture i'm not i'm willing to give even I don't believe that it's cultural. I believe that at least it's probably 80-20, like everything yeah. else, 80% biological, 20% cultural in this case. Yeah. However, even if we give feminists that it's the culture, what's a law what's a law making them appoint women to a board going to do about the culture? You actually need to go down to the grassroots level and influence men and speak to them about, hey, have you ever thought that it might be worth worthwhile? And you're never going to... And the thing is, it's tied to reproduction as yeah. well, because men know that if they get more money, they're more eligible to women. Yeah. Whereas women, it's not a big bring to the table for a woman to be rich. I mean, yeah. it is, as far as I'm concerned. Like, if I, I'm, 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 it'd be if handy. If there are any rich women out there, but, who want to take us out to dinner. Totally. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he does, he does stress both of us, you know. <laughs> Lucky night for you. Mm. If, if obviously you dispense with gender roles and you pick up the tab, yeah, because we do live in the twenty first century. So there you go. That's how cheap we are. Just a couple of meals. <laughs> uh, but we but cheap date, I, you know, I know whether spoons or McDonald's. It sounds to do like it. a spit roast is on the menu for that meal. Oh. That's all I'm saying. You are a despicable human being. I I've already <laughs> acknowledged that in this very podcast. Okay. So, so basically, they were they, they were making unfounded claims that this is going to make businesses more profitable. Well, I don't think it was a great success in Sweden where they where they right. had it before. But I mean, I would like to do some more research into that. I think I'm sure that's what uh, the point that Nina Nima Samandaji, it's easy for me to say, said in his book. Um, so yeah, it's. It was John Matheson says, feminist activist group, not the best place for a randy old whore. <laughs> okay. okay. Very good. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know who, I don't know which randy old whore he's actually referring to. But um, no, I think this is a bad idea. It's like, like anything that government does. California seems to be the home of the idiotic sort of, you know, Legislation. Yes, and and we're wondering when the the problem with these kinds of legislations is the the effects take place over decades. So poor decisions can be made now, and yeah. California is still a really rich state despite the fact that it's totally overregulated. And people can go look at California. California is yeah. doing well. And um, this in the Associated Press. Sorry, I just really wanted to get this quote for you. Okay, I don't. Um, Sorry, sorry that this has taken a, a, a moment. Um, I just, this is, ah, for fuck's sake. Get on with it, you bungling amateur. <laughs> I'm hopeful that, in, that our incoming legislature and governor will agree that the right to choose isn't just a slogan, but rather a commitment to improving true access to abortion for students across California. That's not the quote I was looking for. <laughs> uh, Right. Okay. It was just it was just the quote that they presumptuously assume that this is going to create profits. But that one is relevant because he says our commitment. Right. When we say equality, we don't just mean it 
as, oh, this would be favorable. They mean you need to commit to it. My worst, my biggest concern about this is what it says about the role of government. The government now has the right to tell private enterprise who they should and should employ. What that implies is you don't own your own business. The government is allowing you the privilege of steering that business to the degree that you do it to government specifications. And, you know, I don't like to throw out the F words, but isn't that kind of the definition of fascism, which is like the private enterprise is allowed to continue so long as it complies and, and, and it fits the mores that the government decides. So the, 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 the government under fascism decides what is good for the people, the nation, and they have a policy that allows businesses to, let, to run so long as they are running in the interests of the government's vision for the nation. So the lefties, the virtue signalers on the left, have this vision of equality. And so long as you run under that vision, you're allowed to exist. That is a very scary precedent to set, and I don't like where this is all heading. And if there, hopefully there will be flight of companies from California to other places to teach them a lesson for this kind of thing. But also it's terrible for women because if you do deserve a place on a board, people will assume you're only there because of the you're quota. Yeah. You're a token. And I know I've, 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 I know someone um, who works in the computer game industry for a company. Uh, I won't tell you in which country because um, you just, I've already said enough. But basically, they they are they are hitting all these quotas in Canada for. <laughs> they're, they're hitting all these quotas in Canada for employing women, and and they're getting government subsidies. The co- the computer game company wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for government subsidies. But they're trying to tick all the boxes to get handouts from the government, and he attests. To, be a, to having women in the company that are completely useless. One of them even goes as far as to say, ah, well, I'm only here because I'm a woman, as though, as though that somehow reflects well on her rather than badly. Like, she's trying to say this company is so sexist because the only reason why they employed me is because I'm a woman. But actually the truth is it's really, really true and she's crap at our job. And one of the people who's on a really high salary is just a total social justice warrior and completely incompetent. And she's high up in the food chain. So that's where you're you're just basically incentivizing people to employ incompetence. And it will create more sexism because people will be like, oh, my God, anytime I meet a woman in this company, they're just so fucking incompetent. And then they get to not like women. So... There's Adam Smash says Ubisoft. Uh UBI Soft. Speaking of the UBI, Ubisoft. speaking of the UBI. I'm not Ubisoft, I'd be hard. Speaking of the UBI, I have a free book on the UBI. Go to be yourself and love it.com forward slash UBI and uh, download it for free. Anything else? King Cock of Gaming Night Now, says Adam Smasher, or maybe Archduke. 
there's a running turf war for most woke dev house in gaming right now. Bioware, maybe. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place to wind up. Uh, well, you certainly wind me up. This <laughs> I legislation. Do try. So this is this is my summary of what creeps very very creepily in terms of the octopus tentacles of the state <laughs> and the lobsters, yeah. the organization of society around the lobsters of liberty. <laughs> the lobsters of liberty. I like that. Yeah. Um, so basically, the state is yeah. Every aspect. Let's change our of the podcast name with the Lobsters of Liberty. <laughs> what to compete with the Lions and Liberty <laughs> podcast with Mark Claire? Oh, which I'm tipped to be back on at some point. So keep your ear to the ground. Okay, so basically, I just wanted to say every aspect of everything the government is creeping into, and someone should do something about it. Something must be done. Till there next should not be a law against it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Right, be libertarians. I won't finish the rest. Yeah, still be dicks. 